0: Hello, hello, welcome to episode 35 of the Fitness Insider podcast. I'm Natalie Wolf and I'm your host. There's nothing more exciting than a story about a super successful brand that has truly made it and began with such small, humble beginnings, purely looking for a way to solve a problem for their own family. Moo is the best dairy free dessert out there. If you've tried it, you know it. It's based in Austin, Texas, and you can now find Nautamu at most major grocery stores across the United States. In this episode, I sat down with Daniel Nicholson. He's the CEO and president of Notamoo. He's been with the company for nearly 15 years, so he has some super cool stories to tell about how the brand grew and also some of the ins and outs of being a dairy-free ice cream brand. It's not as simple as you'd think. All right, let's dive right in. Daniel Nicholson graduated from the University of Texas at Austin in 2007 with a degree in mechanical engineering. Soon after, he left for Madrid, Spain, as he was accepted into the Fundación Consejo España Estados Unidos program. The program landed him with a nine-month job with Iberdrola Renovables, I butchered that. where he enjoyed working in the sustainable energy sector as he had a desire to be part of the industries of the future. When the program was completed, he moved back to Austin and began reconnecting with his friends. It was at this time he was introduced to Nautamu. In 2008, after he received an introduction, which you will hear about more, he immediately fell in love with Nautamu and became his sole focus for the past 13-plus years. Since 2011, the company has grown its revenue over 50x from being distributed in just a few hundred stores to now when it's over, it's in over 10,000 stores nationwide, and is beginning to be distributed more widely in Canada. Nautamu has been the driving force for Daniel to help build awareness around health, wellness, and sustainability. These are the problems he and the Nautamu team want to continue to solve. So in this episode, we talk about what Natamu is and what it's looked like over the years, exciting turning points for the company, how they make their dairy-free ice cream taste so good, what regenerative farming is and why it matters to Natamu how they got into Whole Foods right off the bat, and what's next for Naughty So, I hope you guys enjoy! Okay, before we dive in, I want to tell you a little bit about today's sponsor Organifi. I love Organify as a way to get in organic, high quality superfoods and adaptogens into my body in a fun and tasty way. It's all gluten free, dairy free, vegan, organic, and soy free. They have all kinds of blends that you can kind of mesh into different parts of your day. And my favorites are the red juice and the gold. The red juice is a nice afternoon boost that doesn't have any caffeine in it. It has 13 potent superfoods and it tastes like pomegranate, raspberry, strawberry kind of berry mix. It only has two grams of sugar and you just shake it up with a little water. So if you guys want to try Organifi, I highly recommend it. Get 15% off your order if you use the code NATALIEWOLF. So that's Natalie Wolf W-O-L-F-E. Don't forget the E on the end. And let me know if you you try it. Tag me and tag Organifi in your stories. Okay, now we're really going to dive right in. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Daniel about Natamu. Hey Daniel, welcome to the Fitness Insider podcast. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I, I I appreciate it, Natalie.
0: Yeah, we've had. I posted something on my Instagram, which you probably saw, or maybe maybe not. But people are very excited to hear from you, <laughs> and people love Natamu. So.
1: Oh, good. That's uh, <laughs> that's exciting. That's exactly why we do what we do.
0: Yeah. So you've been. You said. You've been at Nautamu for almost 15 years, which is crazy. Um, you probably didn't think that this like dairy-free ice cream brand was going to have legs like that. So, first off, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what Nautamu is for those who aren't familiar?
1: Yeah, so i'll I'll start with I'll start with what we are. We're a we're a dairy-free, plant-based brand. Um, who started by making a coconut milk-based ice cream product back in 2005. The the company was founded uh, by our founder because her sister had been recently diagnosed with severe dairy intolerance, and so kind of out of that out of that necessity, our founder um, worked really hard to formulate what she felt was a product that tasted just like ice cream. And so, you know, that's that's really what started the brand. And myself personally, I've been uh, I've, I've been involved with the company since 2008. So, so not quite for the full 15 years. I'm I'm not the founder, um, but in many respects, because I joined so early on, you know, myself and the founder were really working side by side in those early years uh, to to build that that initial foundation. Um, For the company that that over the course of time and as we built out distribution and gain new retail relationships um, has been has been critical to to our success and uh, yeah for for me uh, just you know short kind of short short note on myself. Um, So again, started with the company in 2008 had just graduated from the University of Texas at Austin uh, with a degree in mechanical engineering. In 2007, and so Nada was actually kind of my first real gig outside of school. Um, there, there's there was only one brief period there, where I actually moved to Madrid, Spain, and worked for a sustainable energy company. Um, was really focused on, on on wind power for a giant energy uh, portfolio, and you know you, you can begin to see if, if if you if you know our brand. And if you know what's important to us, um, we really pride ourselves in being a solution to sustainability, right? To the, to the, to the health of the human, to the, uh, to the health of the planet and kind of all of its inhabitants. And so to me, that's kind of where my, my, my engineering background and that first role as, as an engineer working in renewable energy and, and, and now working for a sustainable food brand and sustainable food company that's kind of where where the stars align and things overlap. And food is so much more fun um, than wind turbines. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a, it's been a nice and fun transition.
0: So how did you like? What attracted you to Natamu originally, or like how how did you stumble upon that gig?
1: Yeah, so I, I had just moved back to to Austin from Spain um, and was reconnecting with my with my network here, friends and family. Um, and so this one morning over breakfast with a close friend of my family, I was kind of catching him up on my life and on, uh, you know, the, the things that I had experienced while being out there in Spain. And I was just super into health and wellness and, uh, and, and, and sustainability. Those were kind of the big themes that I came back just super passionate about and, because of that conversation, that friend of my family was actually a very close friend of of the founder, the founder of Nautamu and really knew what she was passionate about and, and, and knew the things that were driving her in her business. And so as we were having that conversation, I think it just became very clear to him, like, I I need to introduce Daniel to, to, uh, to, to this person. And uh, I took him up on that offer. Um, I set up a meeting with the founder and her business partner and got to try the product for the very first time. I, for, for one, I had no idea that ice cream could <laughs> be made without dairy at, at that time. This was 2008. Yeah. It really, really predated the dairy free movement, the plant-based movement for sure. Um, but I'm sitting there in this meeting and they're basically walking me through their, through their pitch deck. Cause at the time they were looking to raise some capital and i'm sitting there and i'm you know kind of eating up every word that they share with me at the same time that i'm eating this (laughs) incredible bowl of maple pecan ice cream and i'm 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 having the product and i'm just like this ice cream is incredible like and you're telling me it's lower calories it's lower sugar it has zero cholesterol like there's all of these better for you health benefits to it than than the traditional ice cream and and it became very clear too, that the founder and her business partner really saw Nodemu at the time as a, uh, you know, as a solution to the, di- to the diabetes and the obesity epidemic. I think those were the two big problems that they felt that this product could be a solution for. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I couldn't help, but I couldn't help, but completely agree. I, I grew up in South Texas. Um, South Texas is probably one of the more unhealthy regions in the United States, uh, mostly due to diet. And so, you know, lots of these things. At the time, as I'm, as I'm, uh, as, as I'm listening to this information, just like the stars kind of start to align, and I'm here with a bowl of ice cream in hand, <laughs> and just like having the, the 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 time of my life. And and as the meeting wrapped up, I very plainly asked the founder, "I'm just like, look, I I have no idea about this business." I, I really don't know. I, I don't know anything about it, but I can't help but uh, I, I can't help but think that there's some way some way that I could help. And if there are any opportunities within the company, I you know I, I'd love to jump on board. And so that's kind of um, that took us down the path of you know the first problem that they were trying to solve was raising capital. They they had to raise money uh, to continue growing the operation. And so I made a quick introduction to, to, to my family. I, I I reached out to my family, um, and just just checked in with them. I, I, I told them, look, like I, I've discovered this product. It's incredible. You know, here's all the here's all the better for you health benefits. I think you should really meet the founder. This could be this could be an interesting investment opportunity. And uh, so they 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 uh, they took me up on that offer. Met the founder. Long story short, the family invest in the company in two thousand eight. Um, this one- is your family. Yes, yeah. And so awesome. took care of that first big problem. <laughs> I uh, went went back to the uh, went back to the founder and 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 again just basically said, look, I um, I. I would still like to work work for y'all. I, I don't want you to feel obligated at this point. Now that my family's an investor, to bring me on board if if, if you don't feel like I'll be the right fit. But I'm. I just want to let you know that that my offer still stands, and I'd be happy to help in any way possible. And uh, that's I so cool because next Monday.
0: Wow. Because like as a startup too, as a small company, it's like you showed you proved to them that you're passionate about it. Like you were sold on it. Like after you first just like tasted it in the first meeting and like by getting your family to invest, it's like, okay, I think he's passionate about this. Yes. This guy's serious. Like where did this guy come from? You're like engineer and also fundraiser yeah. and ice cream expert.
1: Yeah. And that's, and then that's kind of where, that's where the love affair uh, that's where the love affair began. And, uh, and I started bookkeeping. Like very first role with the company was the bookkeeper. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you know, just to make me feel better at the time, they gave me this nice shiny <laughs> light controller. Uh, but but really, I was just I was keeping the books. I I, I was trying to uh, trying to help lighten the load from the CFO at the time. And uh, and yeah, that's 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 how things got started.
0: That's so cool. So like, what is? What does Nanamoo look like over the years? Like when it was, when you just got first got started with the company, like, was it how many people were in the company and like, where were you working? And then what does it kind of looked like over the, over time?
1: Cool. No, that's a, that's, that's a really good question. So when I first started, we were mostly working out of the founder's house, like just like a couple of days a week, the team would get together. Um, when I first joined, I believe we were four people total. It was kind of the it was the CFO, the founder, um, my, myself, and a production manager. The production manager was always uh, was always remote, was not based here in Austin, and so usually it was a it was like a team meeting of three people, and we would just be tackling you know okay what's our what are some of the marketing strategies that we can put in place? Are we going to do demos in stores? Um, you know, should we start utilizing Facebook as a tool to you know to promote the events where we're going to be tasting? Um, yeah, so you know, started very very small, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll have to say, I mean, over the thirteen or so year period since I've been involved, I, we've grown the team to about twenty people, still still a small team.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, because of the you know, I I mean, I really like to think that the the systems. And the infrastructure that that we built have allowed us to continue to scale the business in a very lean manner without having to hire too many people. I think we've been very good at identifying the the most important roles that are necessary uh, to help us continue to scale the business. And so, yeah, from, you know, three to four people to 20 and everywhere in between, uh, you know, things have been slow and organic and gradual um are just to give you a feel for things i think our 20 person team um about half maybe slightly more than half of those people have been with us for less than 3 years um so so a vast majority of the uh, of, of, of the team members that have joined the team were were much more recent and and after we finally decided to go out to market and bring some new some new outside capital in we we knew it was important to build the team and uh and just just make sure that we're prepared to continue scaling because that's that's where we're are we're we're in a we're in growth mode.
0: Yeah, so you guys did a little bit sounds like you did some like friends and family in the beginning and then how many rounds of funding have you or fundraising have you guys gone through since
1: So we we've really only completed one outside round um and we're, we're in the middle of closing a round currently. That's, it's still oh, not that's exciting. And uh, we we've raised, we've raised some of the, we've raised some of the amount that we plan to raise in, in the full round, but uh, yeah, it, it should be, should be just a couple of weeks away. If, if, if we're awesome. lucky, sometimes the capital raising process um, is, is long and tedious and, you know, you just kind of have to, you just have to grind it out and, and continue to, uh, continue to to unlock those doors and make sure you continue bringing capital into the company.
0: Yes, I'm very familiar. <laughs> <It> is, <laughs> yeah, no,
1: it's and especially it's don't process. don't don't try to raise capital during a pandemic either. It's even extra difficult. I can oh I can speak from experience. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is I mean kudos to you for getting through that. That's hopefully I'll, I'll be crossing my fingers for you guys, but um Thank you. So now you're still based in Austin. Obviously, are you guys in like a cool like startupy space? Are you in like a or in an office tower? Like, what's what does it look like at Naadamu HQ?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's actually it's actually really cool. I, I I think we found a great space that uh, is actually connected to our Scoop Shop here here in Austin. Oh, so yeah. first we moved into the Scoop Shop in June of 2018 kind of opened up our first retail location. Um, you know, we had this nice new big marketing presence in our in our in our hometown. And it just so happened that the space right next to it, they actually share a wall. That space came available as well. And oh, so cool. we turned that space into our headquarter office and it's directly attached to our scoop shop. In fact, we even kind of have a little uh, we have a little secret door, a little trap door. <laughs> Um, that takes us from the headquarters office into the scoop shop without even having to go outside and, and, and go around. So I think it's it's a super great space. It's right off of South Lamar, um, just about maybe like a mile and a half from the Whole Foods flagship store, um, which is super convenient because because Whole Foods is was our very was our very first retail partner. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's a cool space. It's still, it's still kind of rough. Like we definitely didn't want to put too much money into, uh, in, 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 into the headquarters space right off the bat. We just yeah. kind of wanted to, to move in, kind of give it a fresh coat of paint, make it a nice blank canvas. And then when the time is right, I think we'll, you know, I think we'll go back and kind of pimp it out and, and, and it'll be cooler <laughs> than it. And
0: everybody is. I mean, especially when like the pandemic has proven that like we can all work from home. So it's like yes. those HQs, those offices are kind of almost less and less important to the, the pro- productivity of the brand. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And we've I, I mean, we we've we've definitely learned that. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's great to have such a cool space. And now it's kind of, you know, now we're all trying to trying to fathom how to move forward with it. Like if, if we do want to keep it, what, what does office life look like from here? right? We've yeah. operated remotely our entire team for over a year. We've gotten really good at it. Uh, you know we've been able to use technology to our advantage, saves us a lot of travel time, keeps us off the road and keeps us out of traffic. Um, and so there's there's a lot of positives that have come from working remotely. Uh, lots of efficiencies have been created, but but we do want to keep the space, and and we kind of plan to create a system where we will rotate departments in and out of it, um, through throughout the week, so that everybody has the option to spend you know two maybe max three days in the office and and the rest work remote. So we're gonna kind of work yeah. on a balance approach um, when the when the pandemic is done.
0: Yeah, that's smart. So if you're, if you guys like share a wall with the scoop shop, like how much ice cream are you guys eating?
1: I mean, it, it, it just depends on the person. I, I uh, for to, to be quite honest, I mean, we spend so much time tasting new flavors, tasting the slightest tweaks in the formulation of a specific item. And so to me, it's, it's, it's work. <laughs> um I, I I do I do have a freezer full of pints I and, and I do pick away at them over time, but I I mean, this this has been over 13 years of, <laughs> of ice cream consumption. Uh, so for me, I mean, I'm I'm a little more tamed in in, in my personal consumption of yeah. the. Pints. But yeah, I mean, there's some team members that just it's so convenient to have ice cream on hand all the time. We have a lot of employees with children. Um, so, so for them to have access to the product, be, be able to take it home, and just kind of share it with with friends and family, and I think it's it's definitely one of the uh, one of the best reasons to to work <laughs> at our company. We have access to free yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so fun. My first job was at Marble Slab Creamery.
1: Nice. <laughs> and nice. I remember,
0: like, on our like breaks, they were like, you employees are welcome to like one scoop for like for free <laughs> and i was <laughs> like sweet like this is my <laughs> this is my treat every day i was like how long is this gonna last so so,
1: so what scoop flavor would you usually pick i'm, I'm curious um is your gosh. ice cream
0: yeah i'm a big fan of like salted caramel and like yeah. chocolate peanut butter combinations
1: <laughs> nice, nice what about
0: you I know you said your first was the first flavor of the salted maple oh yeah of- for,
1: first was maple pecan and for obvious reasons like it it remains my favorite right because it's just like <laughs> it's 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 a part of the story at this point um I I feel like uh I feel like growing up I was always into butter pecan mm-hmm. uh into pecan praline stuff like that so for me that maple pecan flavor was just brought back that kind of childhood nostalgia. Um, yeah. but it's, it, it's hard. I, I mean, I love <laughs> our flavors. Uh, depends what, depends what mood I'm in. Depends, <laughs> depends how I'm feeling. That's kind of how I decide which flavor I'm going to, I'm going to reach for.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's all the not flavors are so good, so it's hard to go wrong. <laughs> um, but I know you mentioned that whole foods market was your first account, which is pretty impressive. So, was that something that you led or like, how did you guys get that? Like, did you just show up to Whole Foods and, Hey, can I speak to John Foley? Here, I try some of my ice cream.
1: So, uh, I, it's, it, it's actually a really, I mean, it's, it's one of the best parts of our brand story. Um, we were offered placement in Whole Foods before the company even existed. Um, and so what, what, what that means is our, our founder created this homemade ice cream formulation for her sister. Right. And her sister loved it so much. she ended up loving it so much that they're like, you know, this this could be a bigger thing, you know, Like this doesn't just have to be our homemade recipe for sister. Um, this could be this could be a much bigger thing. And so as she got more and more excited about the feedback she was getting from people that were trying it, um, she actually reached out to a close friend, uh, here in the in, in the Austin market that, that owns juice shops and he had a very popular juice shop on Barton Springs. Um, and he allowed her to pop in one day and just sample the product on whoever would take would take a taste. And so she she's there that day again, this is 2004 before the company was founded. there is no brand name. Um, there is no business.
0: Yeah. and
1: she's in there sampling the product. And, and and in walks walks this man and he comes over and asks her for a sample. And he put he puts it in his mouth and he's just like, this is incredible. He's like, You you said this is made with coconut milk, right? And she said, Yes. And he's like, he's like, I work at Whole Foods Market. He's like, there is nothing like this on the market right now. And if you can build a brand, if you can build a brand around this and put it into packaging. We'll put it on the shelf at Whole Foods Market. Wow! So that that little interaction <laughs> right there, that, that very uh, that very serendipitous moment in the company's history, um, is is what is what forced our founder to really want to jump into business, and uh, and then that's what you know that's kind of what forced her hand on on creating the Nadimu brand. Worked with a local marketing agency that that landed on that brand name. Um, and found out everything she had to do to get it in the packaging. And she was off and running with her first customer, Whole Foods Market.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So that had to, that was obviously one of the very first turning points of just like, Hey, I'm making this product in my kitchen for my, for our own family needs. And then someone tries it and is like, Oh my, well, first of all, having that connection with someone who has a storefront in Austin was probably In that area too, pretty pretty great, yeah. Yeah. And then having that serendipitous meeting of like, hey, we want you in Whole Whole Foods. That's a big like ego boost too. It's like, okay, this is we're onto something good. Um, But then once you like, it's exciting to launch a new brand, especially something that's very cutting edge and there's nothing like it on the market, like a dairy free ice cream that doesn't taste like crap. (laughs) You know? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm glad you said it because I hate saying <laughs>
1: that. It just sounds so...
0: <laughs> no, it's... Everybody knows. Like, we've had... Well, maybe, not everybody, but people who are more health-minded and like to have, you know, healthier alternatives know. <laughs> um, but is have there other... I know it's hard to, like... Once you kind of, like, start the grind with a company and, like, you're just working day in, day out to, like, get it in front of the right people and And then once you get the demand, keeping up with that demand and all that, there's so many things like it sounds like easy to have like a one product company, but it's not. I know that. Um, So have there been other points like recently or just along the like last 15 years of Not Have there been like big turning points where like you guys realize like we're onto something really good here?
1: Yeah, I so 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 what I'll say to that, I mean, uh, because of the way we built the brand, right? Very capital efficiently, very organically. Um, there, th- there were always little milestones from the time I joined in two thousand eight, and we were already kind of in Whole Foods Southwest region, Whole Foods Rocky Mountain region, and we were just about to move into Whole Foods NorCal region. Uh, you know that that was some decent distribution. But, but, but I mean, you're not going to build a, a very profitable food company off of a couple hundred stores, you know, like it's it just, it's, it's not going to happen. And at the same time, those stores, as, as you touched on, to keep up with the demand of those stores is a big challenge for you as a startup. And so I think that's why it's important that, that each step of the way we went kind of region by region, retailer by retailer, just really taking really calculated, steps on uh you know creating incremental gains in distribution and and every step of the way we had to we had to understand how we could get the consumer to pull the product off the shelf in these new markets where they had never heard of us before yes you 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 make your way on the shelf and that's like you know that's that's something to cheer about for a moment but then you have to hustle to market the product market the product well enough to where People are going into the store and finding it and grabbing it and consuming it, mm-hmm. and so it's you know on, on on a shoestring budget when you're growing something very sustainably and very organically. And I mean, our growth story just looks very very different than than a lot of the growth stories of you know the past five years or so, um, just because of the level of capital that was even available um, to to food companies like ours as, as we were building, and so. Yeah, kind of kind of region by region. It was Southwest, Rocky Mountain, NorCal, Pacific Northwest, uh, Whole Food SoCal. And so as you can see, we were really focused on the West Coast. We we didn't want to get carried away too quickly. Um, you know, from Texas, our 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 home state, up to the West Coast. We got really focused on that. We got our numbers up, we got the product turning. Um, and and we, you know, we became we became an A player in, in, in the category, really head to head with some of the largest ice cream brands in the world. So were
0: there certain areas that liked Nanamu more? Like there were more sales in certain areas?
1: Yeah, for, for sure. But, but, but I, I think, I think over time the, the urban areas in general, the Seattle's of the world, the Portland's, the, you know, the San Francisco's like that's, that's where uh, that's where the product is, is consumed more. Um, But, but so early on, again, we were so early to the game. That we had to convert, we had to be a part of the conversion of new people over time, and so was, I, I definitely say that Southern California—that's kind of where all the natural food trends start. So yeah. that's a place where you know we don't have to really teach anybody anything down there. All we needed to do was get it on the shelf. Um, same same thing goes with a market like Denver, um, and then there's like little markets in between where like it, it, it just wasn't wasn't as accepted at that time. Um, and it's usually because of lack of knowledge and information, or, or care, um, by that specific you know group of people. And so, so again, kind of fo- focus on West Coast region by region. But the big breakthrough for us um, came just five, six years ago. We uh, in 2014, 2015, uh we we had our we had our meeting with Whole Foods to kind of check in. Hey, how? how are things going, you know, products moving great on the West Coast. Um, you know, we we really wanted to make a push to go national at that moment. We felt like it was important and we felt like we were prepared for it after having uh, worked so hard on the West Coast and, and created such great results. And so, uh, you know, we, we we had this great meeting, the, the category manager at the time, the person overseeing the kind of global uh, Whole Foods decisions, you know, is is definitely a lover of the brand, had been since very early on, um, and so you know we kind of we 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 walk away from the meeting feeling good. They they never tell you in the meeting whether you're going to get an expansion or not, because um, they have to you know really planogram everything, put everything in the set, and see what stuff looks like. Um, but months later, as they're as they've made their decisions, we got that email. It's like we're you know we're taking. We're taking Nadimu nationwide. You know, we want yeah. these these four or five SKUs, and we knew that we had now opened up the other half of the of the United States. Yeah, so 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 that that breakthrough um, where, where we, where we unlocked whole foods nationally, we knew that that was going to open us up to a whole new set of distribution warehouses to, you know, very populated cities and States that where we knew, okay, like this is a big opportunity. Again, we have to be ready. We have to be ready to go market ourselves and, and go and, and go win at the shelf level. Um, but, but, but really the, the key to the CPG business is distribution, right? Like you, you need distribution, you need to be prepared to support distribution when you when you get it, um, and yeah, we, we just knew the the more warehouses that we could get Nautimu into, not only could we be a good supplier and partner to Whole Foods, uh, but but really what what was more important is those warehouse service thousands you know upon thousands of other retailers and grocery stores in those markets, and so then we knew we had to start going out there to those other uh, to those other retailers to. Uh, to begin to develop relationships there and 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 really talk up our story and find our way onto their shelves too. And so, you know we went from a couple hundred stores when I first joined the company. Uh, today, we're in roughly roughly eleven thousand, I think. Oh my gosh. Um,
0: so like Whole Foods, yeah, yeah,
1: we, so we, we're we're in Whole Foods. We have quite a bit of target distribution, um some small, limited Walmart distribution. Uh, we, we have natural grocers, we have HEB, uh, we have some, some, Alberts, some Alberts and Safeways uh, division, some Kroger divisions. You guys uh, in Sprouts? Uh, Sprouts, we actually recently got discontinued. Uh, really? Yeah, which, which was really, really strange uh, because we Weird. were number two brand in their category and, and really, really performing well. Um, but yeah, we, we were discontinued. And so, you know, I mean, stuff like that happens. It's, it's not like those things, ne- those things never happen. And so it is, it's, it, it's our job. It's our sales team's job. It's our company's job to, uh, you know, continue to cultivate that relationship and, and wait for the opportunity to, to serve them and their customers again. For, for the meantime, there's a lot of angry, not and <laughs> shopping yeah. sprouts uh, who used to love it there because there were 14 flavors. They they, oh, wow. they probably had the best uh, the best selection of of any retailer um, that had some somewhat of a national footprint. And so that decision has massive implications, not just for us, um, but for consumers, for the retailer themselves who maybe rolled the dice on uh, on making such a decision. And but you know we we try to not take any of that to heart. <laughs> uh, it's it, it, it's our job to uh it's it's our job to make sure that we can continue to serve them in the best way possible and Yeah. We, we think we'll get another shot.
0: I mean, focus on the other 11,000. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Those are the ones that matter right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it's easy to like it like with my company studio hop like if we lose a studio we're all like bummed out about it and it's like oh wait like there's so much good happening you got to focus on the on the positive stuff that's that's happening and they'll probably come back around and be back on studio hop which happens all the time so um yeah so okay a lot of things have popped in my head but um like seeing not on the freezer shelves in the stores like it's did, was the name, was it always called Nada Mu? Because it's genius and it's like very descriptive. I, like you see it and you're like, okay, I get it. No, no dairy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that was the original brand name. And awesome. it was also, one, it was one of the reasons that, that I liked the product even more. I, again, I, I grew up in South Texas, uh, grew, grew up speaking Spanish and English. And so for me, Nada moo was just like so clever. <laughs> And it just spoke to you know it spoke <laughs> to me in a way where I'm like this is amazing like this makes so much sense it describes you know it describes what we're doing as a brand and uh, I, we we've gotten we've gotten incredible feedback on the brand name since inception I think uh, I think it's I think it's brilliant and it's it's fun and it, it's funny once once the brain clicks and it's like oh <laughs> it. uh, you'll you'll see people smile or you'll see them laugh as they're like reaching for it in the in the, uh, in in the frozen aisle. And I think you know, that's, that's a part of branding, you know, it it has to stay, has to stay top of mind and, uh, has, has to, you know, create an impact for that shopper.
0: Yeah. And it's also like the branding is really bright and fun, um, as ice cream should be. (laughs) Um, also, okay. So you said that you guys have warehouses that like actually like are making the ice cream. So is that in Austin still or?
1: So we, Are all we're, over currently, the place? We're, we're currently operating out of two two ice cream plants. Uh, one is based in East Texas and one is based out in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Uh, and so as of right now, and we're talking to, to a lot of other co-manufacturers um, at, at the moment, at, as of right now, a vast majority or a, a, yeah, our, our, our entire product line is coming out of those two facilities. And then we have the scoop shop too, where we're doing, you know, much smaller batch things, uh, you know, kind of working on, on local small batch items. And so we, ca- we have that working for us right now. And, uh, I, I think it's important to, to hit on both sides to go large scale, yeah. but, but, you know, be, uh, be in touch with the, with the smaller batch movement that I think a lot of consumers are, are looking for too.
0: Yeah. And also you can like use the scoop shop as like a test kitchen for flavors. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Um, if you, if you guys ever need a tester, I'm always available.
1: You're going to have to come down and you're going to have to come down and visit soon. I,
0: I know I've been, I went that one time. It was a long time ago. I was like, when you guys first opened, I need to go back. But so natamu like I've touched on before is like, if, you, if people listening to this have never had it, it's super creamy and it tastes like a delicious dessert, like not a dairy free replacement. It's not like chalky and like all the flavors are really good and it's the best dairy-free dessert, definitely. So how do you guys do it? Like, how do you, how do you make it so good?
1: It's, it's, it's just magic. It's <laughs> magic. We have magicians, we have wizards working in the Knew kitchen. Um, no, I really, it's, it it comes from the initial formulation. Like I, I, I really believe uh, just to be quite honest, we make our product like any traditional dairy ice cream maker. You know, the the only difference is the raw materials are very different. You know, we're using organic. We're using organic ingredients. We're using non-GMO ingredients. We're sourcing from some of you know the most regenerative, the the best regenerative farming, um, some of the best regenerative farming operations in the world um, to to. To, to ensure that everything going into the product is high quality, because at the end of the day, it's it, it's our belief that you put all that love and all that quality into the finished product on the front end, and the outcome is going to be better than than anything else. And so, you know, there there are some little magical components of the formulation that I don't think too many people have been able to crack, um, but but that's. But again, it it goes down to our ingredient supplier level, and and that's the reason why we have chosen these suppliers not not only because we uh, we care and appreciate about what they do at the farm level to create a more sustainable planet, but because the products are just superior. They're superior yeah. to the others on the market, and uh, you know we want to make sure that as we continue to grow and scale, that our commitment to that level of quality um is 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 never changed it's it's at the core of who we are and and uh it's it's why we are going to be able to create as much impact as we can because of those early decisions that we made on the supply chain side
0: yeah i mean so basically it boils down to just like really high quality ingredients which sounds really simple but and also people like the fact that it's organic is pretty impressive and i think still to this day people know that organic's better but usually the connotation is like it's just more expensive more and it's expensive. just like a yeah. foo-foo like label but it's yeah. like no actually organic means it doesn't have the pesticides that are going to affect your hormones and every everything else about your how your body's functioning and yeah. it's just a cleaner well, way and to- more
1: importantly yeah those those pesticides damage the soil that that we depend on to produce food for us as humans and yeah. so if, if, if you are going to support uh, such supply chain, uh, you know, the, the impact and ramifications on the planet and for all of us and our food sources um, are, are going to be destroyed. And so to me, it's, it's, it, it's exactly that. Like an, an organic farmer is growing things in the most natural way possible. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not hurting the soil. They're not negatively impacting the soil that all of us depend on for food. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's so, so important. And people need to begin to better understand that the The more demand creation that we have on the organic marketplace, the more farmlands that will be converted to organic farms. And as we do that, the, uh, the healing of the planet will, you know, will multiply in, in magnitude. Like the soil is one of the most important... Uh, pieces of the puzzle that that we need to solve and we need to be serious about it and uh you know that's before I go too to too, too <laughs> deep like that's that's why we choose organic um, yeah uh, well can you need to wipe those negative connotations out of their head
0: yeah I agree so can you you mentioned regenerative farming and I don't think like a lot of people understand what that is can you just briefly describe what that is
1: yeah, so I, I mean it is essentially when a farmer uses uh, specific strategies to to optimize the usage of their own land. It, it, okay. let's just you know for a, for a quick for a quick hypothetical If I'm a farmer who manages a hundred acres of land and I have to yield you know as much you know food crops uh, off of that land possible. I, I have to create a plan and solution for how I'm gonna grow things, how I'm going to harvest them, then how I'm gonna rotate those crops to allow the soil over here, where I just harvested from, to allow that an opportunity to reheal and regenerate so that it's ready to be planted again. And so that's kind of the role of the farmer in in this new world that we aspire to live in. There's a lot of responsibility on the plate of the farmer and and, and the rancher. and yeah, it's it's all about optimizing the output of the land while allowing the soils to heal and regenerate, so that they can continue to produce harvests and harvests of crops. Instead of just running a specific part of your ranch or property, um, instead of running that soil dry from overplanting or from giving it too much direct exposure to the sunlight, like there's there there's a lot of new new uh, things that are being found out. Um, and in in the world where people there there are a lot of farmers that don't want to use chemicals anymore because they realize what it, what it has done to their land, and so you know they're they're getting creative on on working working on solutions to grow things more naturally and grow them in a way that continues to enrich the soil that they tend to because that's how they're going to make money that's how they're mm-hmm. going to keep their farm that's how they're yeah. going to keep their ranch and so. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a very high in general, uh, very high in general outlook of what regenerative farming looks like and and why it's so important.
0: So like the more as we as consumers buy products like Natamu, we're supporting that regenerative farming technique, which seems like a pretty obvious thing. The way that you described it, it's like, well, why have we been doing the reverse of that? Yeah, so the more we buy it, the more we support it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's important, I, you know, not just in Atomu, but, but in all the products that we buy, you know, like the, the, the consumer is always quick to feel so powerless. They feel like, you know, they feel like everything's mm-hmm. being sold to them and they don't even want this thing, but they have to have it. No, like you, you need to take your life back and you need to understand that you are the most powerful being on the planet. And us as consumers, if we make, collective decisions and and put our dollars to work to support the people who are putting their best foot forward and trying to build a more sustainable and healthier planet for all of us to live on like if we put our dollars to work in that direction Mm -hmm. we can accelerate the speed at which you know we can reverse things like climate change
0: yeah for sure and just like there's Probably a lot of brands that I don't even know about that are in the works that are like just better for you, better for the planet that are struggling to like make it to the forefront because of the bigger guys that are not so great. So it's always fun to go to like, I have a natural grocers near me and I feel like I discover more smaller companies there. And the more we discover those and spread the love, the more we can get these better for us and the planet products out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just like no, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super, super important. And, and, you know, and, and, and the products just have to be good, right? Like, at, yeah. at, at the day, we recognize that as not a move, if we were putting out, you know, if we were as passionate as we are, and putting out a product that didn't taste good, then, you know, okay, that's fine. Maybe the market shouldn't support us. But, but, but when the, you know, but when the stars align, you're doing everything right, you're being very careful in every decision you make. And, kind of keeping everybody in mind as, as you're making them. Um, And and you're putting out, you know, the best tasting products from all the options on the market. Like, yeah, I I think, uh, I think we have a pretty, pretty compelling story, very compelling brand. And it's, it's, it's up to us to continue to make sure that it stays top of mind uh, for, for consumers.
0: Yeah. So what is next for Natamu? Like, do you guys have any new flavors or new products that you can drop on this podcast episode?
1: <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we, we just launched, we just launched our no sugar added line. Um, I it's, saw that. Super excited about it. Um, again, we've been around for 15 years. The only product that we have ever had on the market in those 15 years until now was our core product line, our core coconut milk brands, uh-huh. you know, same formulation, uh, and, and we would launch new flavors, right, for, for excitement. But this no sugar added line is a completely new formulation, which was a huge undertaking for our team, our, our food scientists that, that uh, that's on board and our product development team that works so hard on bringing it to life. I, I, I think we've done it again. Like I, I really believe we've created the best tasting, the creamiest no sugar added product, low sugar, lower calorie product on the market. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of what's, what's new right now. We also just launched our s'mores flavor, uh, which is a new flavor on our core line because we want to continue to, to bring, uh, to bring new flavors to market on that core line. It's going to continue to be an important piece of our, of our growth strategy. Um,
0: I saw that. I really want to try that because I'm obsessed with s'mores. Uh, it's, <laughs> it,
1: it's so, it's so good. Like there, there are people on the team that are like, I think this is my new favorite flavor. <laughs> people get so excited with new stuff. Yeah. Um, but and, and from from there, I, I mean, really, we're working on so many things right now. It's, it's really exciting. We, we want to bring more products to the frozen dessert category, of course, because that's, you know, that's what is uh, that is what has propelled us to this moment. But really, the vision since I first got involved with the company, my vision for it and the founder's vision for it was always that Nodimu just was like a dairy-free brand and, and, and plant-based for that matter. We're, we're always going to stay committed to plant-based, um, Nodimu means dairy free. And why should we only ever be in the frozen dessert category? Right? Like we, we have the ability, we have the brand, we've built the, the customer base to be able to bring other products to market outside of the frozen dessert space. To also add value to our consumer experience and to 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 our consumers lives and so so a lot of the new projects we're, we're already working on them some are much further along at this point than we ever would have imagined which is exciting um
0: coffee
1: creamer focused on what's
0: that <laughs> maybe some coffee creamer.
1: <laughs> i don't know I, I i could never i could never say but uh but yeah they're, they're gonna be exciting so. things that i think you know uh are going to hold true to the brand taste is king um you know texture is is king and 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 for us quality like our commitment to quality is going to be unflailing because we care about what we put in our bodies and we want everybody else to too and and, and we want to meet everybody um we want to meet everybody at, at, at their own pace, right? Where, where wherever you are in your consumption evolution, um, we really feel like Nada is just kind of the perfect, the perfect introductory step to a much more healthy lifestyle, um, and, and we want to continue to serve people in that way, and in, in a you know in a decadent and an indulgent way, driven by taste and driven by driven by quality.
0: Yeah, I love that because a healthy lifestyle doesn't mean you can't indulge. It's about balance. And I think Absolutely. not a move is a great, a great happy medium for someone who's eating as healthy as they can and still getting in some, like a treat at the end of the day. So. Yeah.
1: We, we all need that treat, especially yeah. as in these days, right? 2021 20, 20, yeah. 20, 20, uh, You know, people, people need a little nostalgic escape and, and that's what you know that's that's what has excited us through this period is is it's really what you know what can we do for people um during these difficult times and uh, you know a brand and a product like notum is 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 really perfect for that and um i think you know as as, as all of this all of this divisiveness kind of goes is going around um within our communities um you know what, one of our core pillars too is Community and something that we pride ourselves in as a company is it is diversity. Our, our family is a certified minority business enterprise. My family is Mexican American. Um, we have a, even just on our twenty person team, we have people from different parts of the world, different languages are known, and and uh, you know we we really also believe that 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 in these difficult times and these very divisive times, that a brand like ours also wants to shed light on you know, the, the importance of that diversity and the importance of that community and what better product than an ice cream product to, to really bring people together. And so, you know, we see that as, as a part of our mission too, is, is, you know, no, no matter where you're from, what your perspective is on life um, you know, we, we share so much more in common than, than we ever give ourselves time to think about. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think pulling out a spoon and digging into it <laughs> is a is a good way to, uh, to 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 break bread with someone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Daniel, this has been awesome. I'm really impressed with what you've done and what NotaMu has done, especially a team as small as 20 people that you guys are all across the nation um, and just everywhere. I've been a big move fan since I discovered it. I don't know, like probably 10 years ago. I was
1: like nice. an early
0: adopter for sure. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It was fun meeting you when we met like, I don't know, five years ago or something in Austin, but, um,
1: Was that, was that five years ago already? That's, I think
0: so. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and not um, passion for helping others and the earth and just like spreading love through ice cream, dairy free at that. (laughs) So yeah, thank you so much.
1: No, I, I I certainly appreciate you too. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving me the the chance to share.
0: Of course. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Daniel as much as I did. And be sure to follow Natamu on Instagram and also Dan on Instagram. All those links will be in the show notes. If you've never tried Natamu, you got to now. You can click over to Natamu's website and see where they're located. But as he said, they're in most major grocery stores, including Whole Foods. So, gotta try the Natamu if you've never had it before. It's seriously the best. As always, be sure to hit subscribe so you'll see new episodes come in every other Wednesday. And please, please take a few seconds to rate and review the Fitness Insider on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend. And I now have an email newsletter, so join that and you'll get a little note each time there's a new episode and I'll drop some special goodies in there just for you. So again, thank you so much for listening. It really makes my day to hear from you. And um, if you really like this episode, be sure to drop me a note. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.